0: And I will say, um, I will do my greeting again since I started the recording a little bit afterwards. Good afternoon, Chair Riley and EDAC members. This meeting has been held pursuant to government code section 54953E and in light of the declared state of emergency, the regular meeting of the Economic Development Advisory Committee for May 2nd, 2022 will be conducted telephonically through Zoom broadcast live on the city's website and recorded through zoom so that we can um, accordingly upload a zoom video later today
1: all right serge thank you very much everyone welcome to the may 2nd uh, EDAC meeting happy Cinco de Mayo week and um, During our marketing update, you'll learn about a wonderful event on the Cuatro de Mayo, our first Wednesday of this month, which I hope we see everybody uh, joining us uh, downtown. Um, Back to Serge. Serge, I do wanna thank you for your support uh, and for members of the EDAC and public. Uh, Supporting these meetings uh, requires a lot of time of the staff from creating agendas to posting to getting minutes to handling the video, and uh, search has been just a tremendous asset for us, and I, I thank him for that. We have a very busy agenda today. Um, rather than going through the agenda now, it's been posted, but I do wanna point out that our last item on the agenda today is to consider a EDAC Community Impact Award winner. We haven't done it in a while. We have two submissions that have been submitted, and we'll review those at the end of the meeting. And if anyone else wants to uh, nominate someone, you have the period of the meeting to to think about that. Um, So with that, uh, Serge, can I ask you to do roll call, please?
0: Sure. Um, EDAC member Bob Lalane. John DeRay? Here. And EDAC member Rachel just joining us now um allowed me to co-host her and then we can continue to do a roll call um rachel um stodd if you can um announce your presence i'm present um scott hornberg i'm here chris gallagher here malcolm morgan monica finnegan
2: Monica's here.
1: Yeah, I saw Monica earlier.
2: Yeah, unmute Monica. There you go. There we
3: go. I'm here.
0: Don D'Aglo. Teresa Ancona. Present. Cass Green. Present. And Tara Riley.
1: Present. Um, So that does give us a quorum with eight EDAC members of the 11 active ones uh, present. So, uh, Thank you all at this time we're going to go to public comment uh, and ask uh, the public for any comments they'd like to make for items that are not on the agenda Serge, can you open up for public comment please
0: sure video or audio public comment participation is limited to three minutes per speaker if you would like to make a comment please raise your hand in the zoom application and you will be called up on when it's your time to speak To raise your hand from a phone, press start nine and each speaker will be notified when the time has elapsed. And Chair Riley, I see no hands raised. All right, I had two individuals
1: that had suggested they'd be offering public comments. So maybe we can uh, give it a moment if they do not know how to raise their hands. All right, at this time it does not appear we have any public comment for items that are not on the agenda. We'll move on to item three, which is approval of the minutes and special thanks to our Secretary Teresa for submitting three of the prior meeting minutes for December 6, 2021, March 7, 2022 and April 4, 2022. Do we have any comments or a motion to approve the minutes?
4: I'll make a motion to
1: approve. Second. All right, Uh, Serge, do you want to ask for a a roll call?
0: Uh, John, EDAC member John DeRay?
5: Uh, Yes, approved.
0: Uh, Rachel Stodd? Approved. Scott Thornburg? Approved. Grace Gallagher?
3: Approved.
0: Monica Finnegan? Approved. Teresa Ancona. Approved. Cass Green. Approved. Chair Riley.
1: And approved. Thank you, Serge, and thank you, Teresa. Um, Moving on to item four, our business items. We have nine business items, so quite a list today. Um, I'm gonna really try to move us along quickly, but uh, every one of these topics is important. So uh, the first is I've asked Serge to give us an update on the process for filling um, our expiring and open EDAC positions. And so um, Serge, if you can uh, provide us an update, that'd be great.
0: Sure, and Chair Riley, I will be sharing my screen. I hope everyone's able to see it. Yes. Good afternoon um, EDAC members and members of the public. This meeting before, or this item before you, it's in regards of the EDAC membership and update. Um, as soft- today um, I to go to the next slide and um, it appears as my system is not responding. Stop share for a second here.
1: You can see your screen again. Okay, great.
0: So hopefully this will be able to to work. So um, just quick background on um, EDAC. Um, On April 28, 2020, the City Council formed the EDAC committee with 7 to 11 members on May 20th. I'm trying to read here. On May 20th of 2020, City Council conducted EDAC interviews. On the 26th, um, City Council established membership in categories, term limits, and appointed EDAC members. On June 9th, 2020, established EDAC term limits for specific members. And on October 13th, 2020, there was a revision to the membership to go from 11 members to 12 members. um, And that's when um, our chair, Tom Riley, was appointed. Um, Under resolution number 5986, um, we have one, two, and three-year terms. And um, as you can see on your screen, for the one-year terms are three members. For the two-year term, we have four members. And for the three-year, We have five members. Um, Among all the um, memberships, we have hospitality, retail, business, industrial, maritime, and arts, and residents. We also have a Chamber of Commerce liaison and two council member liaisons. Um, The maximum um, length of service are six years, and it requires an annual selection of the chair. Current chair may be reappointed by majority of membership and may not and may only serve for two consecutive years. As of today, um, the existing membership is um, it's before you, and that leaves us with one voting member vacancy, one alternate vacancy, and one 94965 liaison vacancy. Um, Walt Lemmerman um, resigned in March of 2022 and that's where the voting member vacancy of a two-year term comes in. Um, Membership and renewal. On April 30th, this past Saturday, the city council conducted interviews. They interviewed seven applicants, um, including a 94965 liaison City Council will be making appointments and reappointments at their next regular meeting of May 10th. And um, what we have on deck for upcoming appointments and reappointments are as follows. To reappoint, uh, we have the reappointments. Um, we have the consideration for reappointments for Scott, Rachel, and John to a second term. We have um, on consideration for appointment of one voting member, one alternate and one 94965 liaison. The city clerk's office will be uh, bringing a reappointment request or staff report to city council in June to reappoint uh, Monica Finnegan and Malcolm Morgan. With that, um, I'm open to answer any questions that count, or that. EDAC members may have and want to thank you for the opportunity to present.
1: Thank you, Serge. And again, thank you for the great work. Um, First of all, I just want to start out with a comment. I'm so excited that Scott, Rachel, John, and soon Monica and Malcolm have requested to be reappointed. Uh, This is a great working group and uh, I'm excited to see you guys uh, continue on. So um, anyone have questions for Serge? Okay, one, uh, one comment too, I will make um, on the last bullet on the prior slide about um, the chair roles and the executive officer roles. Um, I do think it is healthy to rotate the executive officer roles on an annual basis. Um, and I suggest that when we have uh, the new members appointed and joining us in a new meeting or new member, um, that we have a discussion at that time of. Uh, who are officers for the next year going forward. So is everyone comfortable with that uh, that timing of discussion? Yes. All right. Um, any questions for Serge before we go to public comment? Right, Serge, can you please open up public comment for item number one?
0: Sure. And- Chair Riley looks like we do have a public commenter and that's Sandra Bushmaker. Sandra, you've been unmuted and your video is on.
6: Hi, Sandra.
7: Hi there, everybody. Uh, I just wanted to ask you, uh, maybe Serge could clarify, who are the voting members and who are the non-voting members? Specifically, is the 94965 liaison a voting member and is the alternate a voting member uh, when and, and how does that alternate move up into a, a permanent position? Thank
1: you. Serge, I think those are great questions and can you address those at this moment?
0: Sure. Um, so the uh, alternate is a non-voting member and um, the nine six nine four nine six five liaison has typically been a non-voting member, but they are there to help um, answer or or have a feeling of 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 a different unincorporated area um, so that's that's basically what i have i'm sorry i'm missing missing and
1: the alternate is a non-voting member
0: that is correct um in the event that we have a vacancy um for any unforeseen reason then uh the committee has a chance to decide if the alternate could become a voting member. And obviously the um, alternate uh, position will be vacant and we can recruit for, um, to replace.
5: Thank you, Serge. Uh,
1: Any other public comment at this time, Serge?
0: Um, Chair Riley, I see no other hands raised.
1: Okay, we'll move on to item two, a marketing subcommittee update. Uh, And I'll ask Monica to lead this discussion, please.
3: And Serge, can you stop share, please? Yes. Thanks. Okay, great. Um, Hello, everybody. Good to see smiling faces. Um, Marketing subcommittee. Tom already mentioned the Wednesday Night Live. I think we've talked about this in past meetings. We have Wednesday Night Live completely booked through the end of the year, which is great because we know who's coming and we can market around that. On this coming Wednesday, because it was so close to Cinco de Mayo, we asked uh, Copita if they would co-sponsor so we could get a mariachi band and we have a great band coming from the mission. Um, very exciting. It's called Nuevo Generacion. And from 530 to 7, they will be there The uh, at the Bank of America building. Um, we tried to schedule alternating locations between Caledonia and B of A just to spread out the opportunities. and. Um, Sounds like we're in for a lot more fun coming uh, January, J- January, July, August, September, June. So stay tuned. We're gonna try to put out a schedule, full schedule so you can see what's coming. Um, so that's happening with Wednesday Night Live. Any questions on that, Tom, anybody? Um, on the agenda also is upcoming events um, that are happening uh, in the Bank of America building If those of you were around this weekend, you saw quite a few signs everywhere in town for MOS, Marin Open Studios, and they have displayed uh, 15 artists in uh, the Bank of America building, and we'll continue that through next weekend. There are about 250 artists throughout the county of Marin that uh, Marin Open Studios is showcasing, so it's quite a Feat and quite an interesting opportunity to really check out our artist community. Um, Cheryl Pop is presenting a social, an environmental, and social justice event. A panel that Janelle is going to be a part of. Janelle Kelman, our uh, illustrious mayor. It will also be inside the Bank of America building at 6 p.m. on May 12th. So mark your calendar for that, should be quite interesting. And lastly, for the month of May, um, there is an Artists for Ukraine event that the Sausalito Art Festival Foundation is presenting uh, in the Bank of America area again. And this is meant to highlight artists who have donated their work that would then be sold and the proceeds would benefit three different humanitarian organizations that are supporting the Ukraine um, refugee and the Ukraine situation. So again, a a very heartfelt opportunity for art to be purchased. And as Louis Briones likes to say, the beauty of art can um, demolish the fear and damage of war. So I I like that concept. Um, And then one other thing that's been going on Um, and we've got several of our artists, including, um, Rachel involved in this. Um, it's been a statement from city council and sort of a, uh, program that the city has wanted to initiate. And it's, uh, much more connectivity with Marin city. And I think the city has been doing a great job with that. There's a lot of activities and a lot of other things that have been going on. Tom and I met with a group of, of movers and shakers, if you will, in Marin City a couple months ago and um, highlighted some of the, they highlighted some of the things and some of the ways that they thought we could all cooperate together. One of the things that you've been seeing being advertised is um, a group of people have gotten together to paint mural along a mural along the um, uh, tunnel that leads in there with the kids involved, handprints and things like that. So that's taking place and it's gonna be really, really um, enlightening that area and in the meeting that Tom and I had with Felicia and Florence Williams and several other folks in Marin City it came we came up with the idea of doing a joint 4th of July float so that's happening and we've been there's a steering committee that's been sort of developing the design and the concept and we're going to be coming out with that shortly because we're going to need a lot of help with it We've got Made in Marin, um, the metal welding group to help with it. We've got McDivitt construction to help with the trailer and the truck. A couple of artists, Rachel being among them, have developed the design and things like that. So you'll hear uh, more about that from us. Um, One of the things that uh, we've talked about is EDAC contributing to, to the cost of that for about $5,000 that would cover supplies and things like that. So that's one of the things that we would like to um, bring forward today for approval with EDAC. Did I leave anything out, Tom?
1: I'll just I highlight a couple things. I'm really excited about uh, the work that Monica really is driving with uh, our neighbors in Marin City. Uh, the idea is you know, to come back to the Marin ship to build a float jointly that commemorates the history of the Marinship and the work that the folks from Marin City did. Um, an idea, One of the ideas we threw out there is, what if we made this an annual summer camp for kids from both communities to come and help build uh, the floats? Now, this year, we have a lot of adults volunteering their times, and we want to get the kids engaged. But this is a great opportunity to bring the two communities together and then celebrate that work of art on a, on a parade uh, through Sausalito. So I, I'm just really excited about that work.
3: And we've definitely planned to pull John DeRay into this because I know he's got a lot of um, involvement in Marin City and, and the Ship. We pulled in drivers into this because drivers was the hiring hall for the 75,000 workers that all went to Marinship. And they're going to do some um, poster display of the hiring hall to show what it was like during the uh, course of the uh, shipbuilding. So... We're trying to get a lot of people involved. So John, we're gonna come knocking on your door shortly to get you engaged with all of this, so.
1: So Monica, um, Monica's requesting uh, $5,000 from the budget that we're allocated this year We have $50,000 to put towards events. Uh, we have a cycle amount of that remaining. So she is uh, um, requesting that $5,000. And as with all of our expenditures, we ask, even though these items are in budget, we ask this group to um, approve those. So I'd like to make a motion that we approve the allocation of $5,000 towards um, developing a float in partnership with Marin City to be exhibited during July 4th in Sausalito. I second. Serge, can uh, you help us with a vote
5: roll call, please? Sure. Um, EDEC member John DeRay. I wonder if we could, t- if I can make a comment before we vote. Oh, that-
2: you know what? <laughs> yes. Comment.
5: You know what,
1: okay. John? John I'm going to take back my motion. <laughs> um, and uh, we'll have to do that again. because I just skipped right through that. So, John, please let's have questions
5: and then we'll get public comment. Okay. Um, so, we need $5,000. That's great. And um, <clears throat> I, I think that perhaps we may have members of the community that would like to donate some of that $5,000 such that the burden to the city would be that much less. And so, you know, in light of the city's uh, economic situation, I wonder if that is something that uh, there's, there's any appetite for, to see if community members would like to donate a portion of that $5,000 and then get the rest perhaps from our budget
3: can't hear you can't hear you
8: uh john let's come back to that after we get other
1: comments or questions okay okay any other comments or questions from edac and and i'll just uh i will well i don't have questions so i'll wait till after public comment i'll make a comment
3: Let me also make a clarification comment. Um, most of you or many of us know Felicia Gaston and she is really a very involved and very energetic person for Marin City. And she has made application to the County of Marin for funding for this as well, which she expects to hear momentarily. Uh, so it would be a collaborative investment on their part, not just not just all of us. So. I think that's definitely, again, showing the u- unity that's being created with this concept.
1: Okay, Julie, your hands up, please.
3: Monica,
9: so is the full amount to build the float $5,000 or is it more than 5,000?
3: The, um, the budget calls for, um, we have a number in there for renting a trailer that we would use for two weeks to build the float. Um, we're working on getting that donated, and I think we have some uh, concepts for that. There's a budget in there for uh, materials and of uh, decorating things and, and whatnot. There's some really um, exciting things that uh, Felicia and LaShawn mm-hmm. are planning that involve some um, posters and some explanation and some discussion on the history of the whole uh, marineship a program. So it's a combination of float materials, rental, and we're hoping that the cost would be less, but right now it's about $8,000, I think, all total, something okay. like that. And it's all being, it's all being uh, fine-tuned. It may end up being less. So maybe the way we ask for the approval is up to $5,000. So
9: I, I've been involved in a lot of floats and things over the years and it, it, it just seems like it's a lot of money to put a lot of money for a float, but I that's just that's just my opinion. I, I don't know if there's some way that we could um you know kind of downscale it a little bit. Uh, you know the parade is is a very short five thousand dollars. Maybe we can take part of that five thousand dollars to do more outreach or, and afterwards or something instead of putting it all into a, you know one float.
3: But that's just I think my comments. the plan is to try to uh, utilize the float and um, put it you know in other locations because um, part of um, Marin City celebration for the ship is also. Um, um hosting a play a production that's going to be uh, showcased at the Marin Civic Center so there, there's some ideas about being able to reutilize it in a couple of locations that would celebrate uh, the whole marineship idea but certainly I mean certainly we could look at that
10: yeah and if, if anyone wanted to know more information about what we're working on we're very much trying to make sure that we pay people for their time. We have a whole design team materials. Um, and like Monica said, there is this intention of creating something that will continue to be part of the community and bridge, um, Sausalito and Marin city. So this, this cost really goes beyond just a single float. Um, I think that there is a lot more here. So if we have, you know, like more time to talk about it at the next meeting or, I don't know if we have more time in this meeting, but there is more than just a one-time event. And we're happy to go into that and show people more information around it.
1: Rachel, thank you for devoting your time as well to this. Your creativity is great.
10: Okay. Just (laughs) noting I'm not getting paid, but other artists are getting paid. (laughs) I don't wanna get paid.
1: At this time, I'd like to open it up to public comment. Serge, can you please help with
0: that? O'Reilly, it looks like we do have a phone number um, with a hand raised. I'm not sure who that is, but I'm going to unmute. And phone number 7952,
11: you've been unmuted. Hi, this is John Cox. Hi, John. I'm, I connected. Well, yes. Oh, you're hi, connect- Tom.
1: You're connected, and uh, it's a perfect oh. time for you.
11: Oh, good. Uh, I've been working on my home. I got some construction doing. Um, I probably should introduce myself. To both Tom and Chris. I know we've worked in the past, but uh, I will be. I'm on the board of directors for the historical society, and I will be working joint or making a plan along with Jerry and with uh, Stanford Hughes about uh, introducing the ice house after it's been. Redone, and um, trying to make people aware of it and get people to come in and, and see it. Uh, I will be working with some of you on this project, uh, so I just wanted to make myself known. And our the the uh, introduction date is probably it's been set now for December. Originally, it was set for July of this year, but it's been pushed out to December. So. I can definitely share more with you as time goes on. What my plan is right now is to do a, a prepare a conceptual plan of what we're thinking about doing and sending it out to uh, interested parties, which of course, uh, you are definitely an interested party. So anything, any other questions anybody might have? And again, I apologize, it's taken so long to get into this meeting.
1: John, one thank you for uh, devoting your time to our community and uh, work on that important project. Um, I think, you know, we'll be very keen to support your efforts. So as they develop, uh, please keep us abreast and we will make sure that we uh, are supporting your efforts. And that's both from marketing and events and how we bring people to town.
11: Okay. And I will begin attending each of these sessions so that uh, I can let you know, and then also understand what your bigger plans are.
1: Wonderful, John, thank you. Um, At this time, is there any other public, sorry about that. At this time, is there any other public comment
0: search? Uh, Chair Riley, I see no other hands raised.
1: All right, thank you. We're gonna move on to business item number three, which is a marketing and social media update from- um,
9: You had a motion to do a vote on the other item?
1: I'm so anxious to stay punctual on our time that I just kind of (laughs) rolling through. So, we have an opportunity for comments first on the the last topic and then uh, any opportunity for a motion.
4: Any comments? Uh, Chris? Yeah, I'd like to support John DeRay's um, idea of if if we could get a list of what is needed as far as materials, and then maybe John can help distribute that amongst folks and see what they can come up with. And and then the motion not to exceed, I think is is good. Cause I agree with Julie, that's a lot of money for a float. So, and unless the you know there's some way to protect the float and put it somewhere where it can be protected after july 4th otherwise it's going to get ruined and rained on and you know vandalized so i hate to see it a one-shot deal well
1: and chris we are going to be renting the trailer so that trailer has to go back at some point
4: um, well i understand that but the float itself has to go inside somewhere right to be protected even if it is taken off the trailer. So I don't know where the floats planning on being stored. So. So
10: so two things, we have potential storage we're working on and the float is actually made of aluminum. So just, we're actually building this with Marin made out of metal. So it will, it will have things on it but it will most likely be a
4: material that
10: can't be easily destroyed. But we're working on storage now.
4: Okay. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that we don't know. So I'm just commenting Correct, yeah. on sort of common sense kinds of things. So. So, so let me get this straight. So Monica said it
9: was going to be reused for something else after the, the
3: um,
9: parade. So where will it be used?
3: One of the ideas is to bring it back down to in front of the uh, Center for the Arts pro- proposed property. So because it's going to have a historical component with stories about what's gone on and photos about the 93 ships that were built there and the workers and the um, Supreme Court case that was tried and won here um, by the workers. So it's mostly a historical presentation. We have someone from the Historical Society who's going to participate and um, be the Joseph James of the Era, who was the person that um, um, won the Supreme Court case for the rights for bl- blacks to be part of a union. So it's meant to be a historical kind of storytelling that we're trying to initiate throughout the, the Sausalito. So that's one of the ideas of where it would be for a period of time, not forever, but just for a period of time. And these are concepts we haven't worked out all of the final details of it because Everything has to be you know, approved through city and whatnot, but these are just the concepts that we're working on. We're not finalized at all yet. The, I was just looking at the budget. Some of the um, cost goes to the aluminum expense because the idea is to build the bow of a boat with the kids on the boat um, participating and demonstrating welding and things like that. So it's not an entire boat. It's like kind of like a skeleton and uh, really showcases how things get, got developed. We're trying to include both uh, elementary, middle school and high school kids uh, to participate in it all. So it's a celebration really of the uh, 80 years of marinship, which is history.
1: In Sausalito, yeah, yeah. we go to John.
5: John, do you have a comment? Question? Yeah, I have a question uh, about if we're going to go the route of donations, which I think we should do. Um, what is the entity that uh, would be receiving the donations? Would it be uh, Marin? Is there some Marin City five hundred one c three that's um, running this, uh, or so it would be tax deductible or not? Uh, a, I think Donations each way, but obviously, right? Uh, that's
1: that, Monica, I can answer that one way, but I'll let you answer first.
3: Go, you go first. Um, so
1: um, uh, I worked with a city on Southview Park where we raised some $75,000 and uh, checks could go directly to the city. So I'll follow up with the city and see if we can use the city's kind of uh, ability to receive uh, tax deductible donations that can be geared towards this. I'll take that offline.
3: And, and I, I'll ask, um, uh, Felicia, if she has some place that we could do that as well. But I think, it's, I think it's a good, I think it's a better idea for the EDAC money to go to the city. So that's, that's a
7: better idea.
1: Okay. Any other questions or comments? Right. right. I'd like to revisit the motion I made earlier. Um, I would like to put forward a motion that we approve uh, out of the EDAC budget for events, spending up to $5,000 not to exceed with the understanding that uh, the team working on this will reach out to donations to reduce the expense to the city to be less than $5,000 if at all possible. Uh, And that is to support the um, goal to build a float with uh, members from Marin City, recognizing the wonderful marineship history we have and the contributions of the community uh, in helping us defend our nation during World War II. And I think there was a beautiful diagram that Rachel put up that you could put back up to your screen, Rachel. And there is a conceptual of uh, the bow of a ship. So so with that, that's my motion. Is there a
0: second to approve
1: that? Second. Serge, can you help us with roll call, please?
0: Sure. Uh, John DeRay? Approve. Uh, Rachel Stodd. Approved. Scott Thornburg? Approved. Chris Gallagher? Yes. Monica Finnegan? Yes. Teresa Ancona?
4: I'm going to abstain.
0: Cass Green? Yes. And Tom Briley. Yes, approved.
1: Thank you all for that. Um, thanks to Rachel, Monica, John, um, for uh, uh, this great project. And I hope this becomes an annual project that we celebrate uh, with Marin City. So let's move on to business item number three. This is a marketing social media update from Scott Thornburg and Kevin of CDA. So uh, turn over to you, Scott.
6: All right, thank you. Um, so I just need to make Kevin a co-host if we can, so he can share some slides. Um,
0: Serge, I don't know if you're able to help with that. Um, um, yes, and he it has already been co-hosted. Great, thank, all right,
6: you. All right, thank you. So um, I'm just going hand to the, hand the reins right over to Kevin for the sake of time, and he'll share with us uh, some updates on where we ended out in
12: the last month. All right, um, let me share my screen here. All right, hopefully everybody can see. <clears throat> All right, so uh, we had a, a quarter to date update last, last month. Uh, this month we're just gonna be covering uh, the month of April what we've seen so far from Easter, uh, Opus, the first week open studios and uh, a couple of other events that we were promoting. So to date, um, we now have four itineraries that we've produced. Um, And I'll get a little more into uh, detail on what we'd like to do next with those um, after I go over the results. But high-level media coverage, we got covered uh, in Visit California, uh, the many facets of California cuisine. Specifically, it was Carl the Store, uh, which had just such a kind of a unique story with its pies that they found that interesting and covered that um to their their entire audience uh, and then we got coverage on articles in marin magazine Datebook, and Marin independent journal along with uh coverage for specific events and a, um, a bunch of uh, local publications as well miscellaneous little details from last month we submitted for the sunset travel awards for 2022 best places to visit and Uh, This is just launching today, but uh, to help get some little last minute additional local awareness for the Wednesday Night Live event happening this week, we're going to be running a a very, very small paid media campaign on Facebook and Instagram targeting um, people in an audience that Monica helped identify uh, uh, and just driving that traffic to the uh, social media event. We do, uh, we actually, on the Destination South Salido uh, Facebook profile, we actually create Events on there for all of the events that are being covered, so that we can help promote and just raise kind of exposure and engagement uh, that way as well. Uh, so going over, oh, I'm gonna shrink this down because the uh, <laughs> the Zoom screen is covering me up here. So going over our uh, metrics uh, month to date so far. Uh actually had a pretty good month, uh, I think, because there were so many great events in April. I'm being honest, is the reason we had so much success. We had 69 published posts just last month. Compare that with 90 for the entirety of Q1. Um, uh, we didn't really get any traditional. That was all on, on digital. Um, but that was 110,000 estimated uh, digital coverage use that we've driven so far. So about a third of the way uh, to where we were last quarter. Um, one thing that we've seen that was really effective has been uh, increased focus on Instagram Reels, specifically focusing on people posting itinerary-style content, uh, which I think we talked about uh, in the last report was what we we're going to be doing, and that's allowed us to stay really, really consistent. Um, we're only again one month into the quarter at this point; we're already over halfway through where we were uh, last quarter through our uh, from our Instagram reach uh, and and Facebook reach. Uh, in terms of hashtag volume, we're seeing, in terms of how much people are talking about uh, these South specific hashtags on social media. Uh, so far, we're seeing about the same progress that we saw the previous quarter, uh, and we have not run any paid media uh, to date this quarter. This, this small campaign we're running for Wednesday Night live Live uh, today and tomorrow and Wednesday will be our first little uh, paid media campaign of the quarter. Um, so that is kind of a metrics update. Uh, one thing I wanted to chat a little bit about is uh, a need we would have. I think it would help a lot is um, if we could just encourage merchants as you're speaking to them. One thing we need is more video content. That is the aspect ratio is nine by 16. So you know, if you look at your phone, the it's this shape of the phone oh, there's my daughter. There's a shape of the, the phone this way, not this way, not the square content that you usually see on Instagram. Um, Not a lot of people are producing that content, but right now it's really what the algorithm is is favoring. Uh, If you look at what has performed the best for us in terms of social media, and also just in terms of just getting the visibility for mass media because of social media, it's video content that's at nine by 16, you call it TikTok style. Um, And one thing that we're doing for some of our other tourism clients that's being effective is we're actually just splicing together content that merchants are creating to put together an itinerary. So similar to how we have these little hand, these written itineraries that link out to the different um, the different businesses. Well, if we have you know a breakfast merchant and a lunch merchant, we, we put these together. But we actually have this video content from the merchants' own social media channels. They don't need to create you know just for us stuff. They're creating for their, their own social media channels. We just get permission to use it. We splice it together. We put together a day in Sausalito itinerary that kind of content's actually been performing really well and it's really versatile and we can make lots of different versions of it that are seasonal or for different kinds of people. Um, but, uh, the only two options to creating is one, uh, you know, we have to create it ourselves, which there's an additional cost for, or two, we just encourage merchants to create it themselves, which is in their best, their own best interest to, to be doing. Um, and whoever's doing their social media, you know, just make sure that you're also including this kind of content because it's, it's really what's driving the uh, the new reach outside, like your followers. Uh, so, with that, I'll turn it over to Scott. That's a kind of update on the metrics today.
6: Thanks, Kevin. Um, and as, as you mentioned, we have uh, a series of itineraries that we're using to pitch stories for press. Um, and if you recall, one of the, the number one challenges we identified in the beginning of this is you know, when people come into the city, they don't know what to do here. So they kind of wander around, you know, maybe buy an ice cream comb or a cup of coffee. And what we're looking to do is get them to stay longer and to spend more money. And we do that by encouraging them to build a, a trip, build an itinerary around being in Sausalito. Um, this is not just for visitors, but also for locals, um, that are maybe looking for fun things to do in the area. So, uh, we're, we're marketing this to both, uh, Bay Area um, visitors and, and, and residents as well, so. Scott, can you summarize the four experiences? Yeah, so Kevin had them, uh, Kevin, if you'll slide yep, back to that okay. first slide. Yeah. Easy so they're, go. yeah, top left here. So we have one for wellness, uh, one that's family focused with kids in mind, uh, one that is dog friendly and one around romance. And we're posting these on the Destination Sausalito website under uh, things to do section.
10: Great.
6: Our time for
2: questions. Uh, Cass? I just wanted to say that, uh, you know, when after our guest visit, we, we ask them how they heard about the hotel, and we had somebody a couple of weeks ago say TikTok, and we don't do anything on TikTok, and so I can only think it's because of you guys uh, that that happened, so thank you.
12: Sure, sure. I don't know. We're actively doing on TikTok, but we're creating, we're promoting TikTok style content, or we're promoting user generated content, right? Because we're not, we're not spending the money to create new content, but we're promoting content that people on TikTok are creating. (laughs) If that makes sense. And I hope in above the
1: tide is in the romance uh, experience. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Julie.
9: So. Scott and uh, Kevin, one thing that we have been getting questions for, I would say, probably the last two weeks is people coming in asking where the stairs are. So I don't know if we have put something out, but if we have, if you guys have, we are getting a lot of questions with people coming in. They want to know where the stairs are to climb the stairs in, in Sausalito,
2: yeah, which is
9: something we have start. not yeah. done before.
2: Yeah. Is that the step walk, you guys? The end of up tide step walk? Because we've got that, Julie. We have the map, and we can print it out and bring a bunch of prints to you. Okay, yeah, but the, I I'm don't know just saying if it is the step walk. But I assume no, it's not.
6: No, it's I... it's the it's the hidden staircases. The hidden Sausalito. staircases,
9: yes, in Sausalito. Yeah, that is, was a and everybody
12: Google
6: wants map. to know. Oh, there's a uh, there's a Google map um overlay mm-hmm. i'll try to um share with you kevin somebody sent it to me recently and then i know the mayor um mayor kelman mentioned that she had an old um pamphlet or a book that someone had given her once upon a time that was produced i forget who it was produced by um we had talked about redoing those so um yeah we'll look into that thank you yeah
9: because if we had a, a map of it it would be i mean i'm telling them where they are and of course i know that a lot of locals do not want people going to, because some of the stairs lead to, you know, their homes and stuff, but uh, that has really been a question. So I'm sure that that is part of your, maybe the, the hidden staircases you guys have been advertising. And then the other thing that we've been getting a lot of questions on is uh, c trek and how to find c trek. Mm. So I don't know if that's from, you know, CDAs or from c treks, but we're getting a lot of questions about uh, about Sea Trek. So I know people are watching and people are looking on uh, on social media for things to do in Sausalito.
1: And I'll just comment. Those are two unique things to Sausalito, both of those. So mm-hmm. uh, it's great to hear. Um, can we go to Monica?
3: Yes. Hi, thanks. Um, does everybody know about WAG that's coming about on May 7th at Gabrielson Park, which is the dog contest by the Parks and Rec? They've not, they've been so short staffed. I don't know if they've done a lot of advertising for it. Did you find it? Anyway, that, that's another uh, animal, you know, dog friendly thing.
12: One I'll, of I'll, the tell two- you, I'll tell you right now, Monica, that WAG event has gotten the highest like reach rate on social media in terms of people sharing it. There is cool. a tremendous interest in dog-friendly, um, yes. dog like, friendly, dog friendly events is my takeaway from that and that what people are posting.
3: So maybe we should go on a small campaign at some point in time and put a water bowl in front of every storefront and become a dog friendly uh, location. But anyway, the other thing I noticed, we were out um, walking the waterfront this weekend and there was something going on in front of Trident with paddle boards and it looked like some kind of contest or whatever. And I just am realizing that there's so many things that go on in the city that we don't know about because they're put on by the yacht club or they're put on by the open rowing or they're put on by somebody and it's not registered on a lot of our uh, or any of our social media or advertising spaces so somehow we need to go on a campaign within our community to to register all of their activities so that we can do some you know um marketing
12: on them anyway Would if i speak to that monica that yes month? The last one we created, I think the the same thought process. We created a PDF that was specifically for merchants or organizations, and it was a guide of like how to submit information if you want the city to help promote your event or your business, right? It's like these are the channels that are available, and here's the steps to do it. Um, For events specifically, we actually have a um, a workflow set up where there is a, a Google form, that people fill out and that automatically populates a spreadsheet and then that spreadsheet notifies my team but we all we also wanna designate, maybe it would be Scott, Scott um, uh, who would be a contact over there that would get an automatic update, like, hey, an event has been submitted. I don't believe those materials have been approved or submitted or shared with merchants yet, but those do exist and um, I, I, I think like that would be just a nice like reference point where that can get shared and people just know like, hey, it, cheat sheet, if I'm, Updating my business, and I want to tell the city about it. Here's how I'm going to do that. Hey, if I want to be featured in the current, here's who I'm going to email about that. Hey, if I have an event that I want to show up on South Sal social media feed, here's the information. Or, or show up on the destination South Sal Salito website through, for Kimber, for example. Here's the information on that, and then that can get um, disseminated from that like one point, and they they know where they're supposed to go.
3: So we should we should disseminate that maybe through Julie or somehow get that information out.
12: Yeah,
1: through Julie and through uh Abbott. Yeah, I think I, I'm, I'm it, it needs to be approved at
12: this point. But yeah,
9: it, I good yeah. Next yeah. Yeah, the only great. thing that I can say is if it's a Google Doc, there may be um, some merchants that might not know how to work that program. Um, so we may want to have something that they can just fill out by hand because I get, I get a lot of this, fill out my hand and just email it to somebody uh, instead of going into a Google Doc, because that might, that might stop some people
1: from doing it because they don't know how to work the program. All right, so can we go to uh, John,
5: please? Thanks, Tom. Uh, Kevin, I wonder if you can comment on um, the reach you're getting for some of the sailing charter uh, businesses like uh, Matthew Turner, SF Bay Adventures, um, I think that's kind of a unique, uh, Sausalito. And if that's, I, I guess I was kind of expecting more of a, a water based uh, uh, category here in these four categories. But uh, if you could just comment on that generally, if you're seeing much uh, traffic in that area. Scott, maybe you
12: take that. Uh, I don't think, oh, sorry, go ahead, Scott.
6: No, go ahead. Go ahead and start, and I'll,
12: I'll wrap up. Um, I don't think we've done. Uh, we, we were promoting the events that were happening, uh, specifically the Earth Day events. Um, let me pull that up here. Opening um, Day on the Bay. Yeah, the opening yeah. day on the Bay event specifically, yeah. Um, yeah, they, those were not as popular as some of the other events when we are going through that, but that may just be due to the nature of the audience that ultimately was served the, the, the content. Um, I think uh, we we have been promoting them through other uh, channels. I know that the visual story there is really strong from a PR standpoint, right? Like that was the first Visit California coverage we got was Matthew Turner, right? It was like, they, they shared that on their Instagram stories. They shared that on like their website um, uh, through Visit California it was because it's such a unique and spectacular image of that ship, right? Um, as far as it being like a camp- a specific campaign for for sailing it's been more of a, a, a feature and an attraction than doing a specific sailing campaign but I think Scott you may have some thoughts on that.
6: Yeah I was going to say so we'll we can share these individual itineraries around so you guys can take a look at them um, but each one of these has some kind of water aspect included um, because I, I think what you're getting at John and what I agree with you is that you know the waterfront is our best feature right um, so we want to really highlight that and that is highlighted I would say in each of these um, in different ways so for wellness there was one around um, kayaking and uh, and being out on the water you know romance there's more about like uh you know anyways i, I won't go into all of them we'll, we'll send them out um there's definitely i think room to make one that is um very water centric like if you were you know spending a whole day on the water how do you do that um yeah we can we can look into that too we're not done with these these are just the first four that we've dealt so that's a great idea for another one okay and if there's
5: anything that um the uh those organizations, uh, Call to See or SF Bay Adventures or the other can do to facilitate this, please let me know and I can certainly work with them to um to, to have them look into that. So thank you so much.
6: Yeah that'd be great. Thank you.
1: So yeah we're gonna need to uh move forward. We're already <laughs> in my schedule. So I noticed that Julie, you have your hand up? Julie took her hand down. Okay. So I did.
9: Uh, I just wanted to share quickly um Because John was asking about the water, uh, things on the water. So through our website, uh, the Chamber's website, in the last three months, Free to Be has had 738 click-throughs. Sea Trek has had 7,639 click-throughs. And the Matthew Turner has 8,356 click-throughs. So that's how many people are looking for things that are on the water just the last three months. So... John, they are, they
1: are looking for it. Thank you. And brilliant uh, discussion because with that much interest in those waterfront activities, we should fill the day with things before they get on that paddleboard and after they're finished or on that boat. Um, so that's great data. Okay, what I suggest we do is on item three on our marketing social media update that we open up for public comment at this time. So Serge, can you help me with that please?
0: Sure, um, Terrelli. it looks like we do have two public commenters. The first one is Kevin Carroll. Kevin, you have been unmuted and has to share your video.
13: Good afternoon. Yeah. Um, just something I think was relevant to what they brought up earlier um, regarding doing videos. Um, just last week, I think I got this through uh, Julie and the Chamber's newsletter. Uh, was the Marin's SBDC, the Small Business Development uh, website. They did a webinar last week on using Facebook and Instagram to attract uh, clients. And they have another one coming up on the 19th of May, storytelling through videos and images. And so I think if we can get those out to the different merchants, uh, I learned a lot. In fact, I'm going back to revisit the videos. Um, to pick up on how to start using those services because I'm sure there's a lot of merchants like me that haven't been you know, using those services. Um, so I just would strongly recommend getting it out to the merchants that these services are available. Thank you. Thank you, Kevin.
0: Our next speaker is Sandra Bushmaker and Sandra, you've been unmuted.
7: Great. Hi there, everyone. Here's the book about the <laughs> written by Dorothy Gibson, who was a long term resident of Sausalito, died a couple of years ago about the stairways and pathways of Sausalito. So, this is a very good book. You might want to keep it in the uh, visitors' kiosk, I mean, the uh, chamber office that's open to the public. A uh, couple things. Uh, there is a uh, documentary on the Marin ship that if you haven't seen it, I know it's being shown around town and you might check with John DeRay for specifics, but there's also a teaser. And I'm wondering if that could be incorporated into this process in any way uh, to give uh, give uh, further broadcast of the marineship and its significance today, not just the historic, but today and what's happening down there. And then lastly, I just want to say that, uh, that you know, obviously, you're doing a lot of work on gathering statistics and improving clicks and and likes and all of those kinds of things that you do on on this uh, virtual platform. I I am looking for the data that will show how this effort is improving the economics of Sausalito, and how the if if the economics are being improved for the merchants, which in turn you know, fills the city's coffers. So uh, that that is something I've been looking for, and I don't know whether this committee is planning to convert this data into something that can give us that kind of information. Thank you.
1: Under. Uh, this is Tom. I'll make a comment uh, for the public on your thoughtful question and also the book. I want to order that book. Um, <laughs> I think it would be great uh, for the chamber to have a bunch and resell them, but... Um, as far as tracking the impact. So starting last, in our last meeting, we had HDL uh, present sales tax revenues, and we're gonna start trending them on a year over year basis, recognizing that the COVID year was an anomaly, and then trying to correlate our marketing activities to improving our sales tax revenues. So uh, that's uh, what we have just started that work on. Um, so General, starting- yes.
0: Yes, we do have another, um- public comment, and that's Peter Van Meter. Peter, you've been unmuted and as to... Hi,
14: Peter. Okay. Yeah, thank you. A lot of really good ideas you've just been discussing. Very exciting to pair up all the different channels. Uh, one thing I didn't hear too much about was the potential visitor who is not really involved in social media. Never heard of Instagram or Facebook. <laughs> there may be very few of those. But uh, sometimes the older visitor who does not uh, use those or engage with that media, you know, and they may be more affluent and maybe people that can stay longer and spend more money, particularly if we promote the overnight stays and the, you know, fancier uh, eating experiences. Um, what specifically are we doing to outreach to those kind of uh, individuals? Thank you.
6: Um, do you want me to take that? Yeah. I'll take that really quick and just say where it's a combination of, thank you for this great question. So it's a combination of, of uh, PR where we are reaching out to publications like Marin Magazine, Marin Independent Journal, but also um, publications outside of our area um, and pitching them on stories for um, for PR. So that's, that's one big way that we're doing that. Um, that older audience, um, to your point that, that they're not on Instagram every day, they tend to be more uh, diligent about reading newspapers and things, so we're we're targeting that kind of uh, outreach. That's one thing, and the other would just be paid media, where um, Kevin's team is. You know, when someone's searching for things to do in Sausalito um, online, then they may be able to find us that way too. So, um, but but noted, and we'll uh, we'll take another look at that too to make sure that we're uh, we're not missing anyone.
1: And we don't have the budget for billboards. So, um, Peter, I will see you on the Bocce Court Wednesday night. Um, So any other public comment, Serge?
0: Chair Riley, I see no other hands raised.
1: Okay. At this time, I'd like to bring it back to the committee to see if there's any closing comments. All right. Uh, With that, we're going to move on to business item. And thank you, Scott and Kevin, for that great update and report. Uh, We'll move on to business item number four. And this will be uh, Cass leading an update on our last discussion about uh, a street lighting proposal so cask we turn it over to. you.
2: I just shared my screen can people see it. Yes, okay great so i'm going to go over some of the slides that we I did last time and then give you some new information, but again. Um, why do we want to light? There are lots of reason, but it creates a warm and inviting space. It increases visits to stores and restaurants, increases the time the visitors and residents spend an area, and increases security. Um, There are two different types of lights, festival lights, or wrapping trees, Uh, and uh, we've been looking at uh, both. Uh, The feasibility again, uh, we talked about this last time, uh, the downtown is very feasible because of electrical outlets, Caledonia is not, uh, because there are not electrical outlets on the trees. And so for that reason, we're we're gonna uh, look at Caledonia for some time in the future. Um, So we're gonna do downtown only at this time because of electricity challenges on Caledonia. Uh, We've got an estimated budget of about uh, $24,000 this year to either wrap the trees or do festival lighting along Bridgeway. And of course this is scalable Um, And so if we raise, if we have more than 24,000, you know, we can do more trees. Right now I'm looking at 20 trees on Caledonia. You know, there are more than 20 trees uh, on Caledonia. So, you know, if we have more money, we can uh, scale up. I've I've got two different estimates uh, so far and I'm studying them right now. They're very different. I mean, one is focused on festival lighting and the other one's focused on wrapping the trees. So now that I've got two, I wanna go back to the people doing the estimates and negotiate with them. Uh, and the lights will be permanent. It's not just for holiday, this is for a uh, year round. And so we talk about funding. Uh, last, last meeting, we decided to take $10,000 from the Love Sausalito Fund and uh, put it towards the lighting. The chamber is going to put on put in $2,200 from the chamber Uh, On Friday this week, uh, Julie and I will be asking 11 key Bridgeway and El Portal businesses for $2,000 each. I know we're getting above $24,000 at this point, but I don't know how many of those 11 are going to say no. So we want to ask all of them. Maybe they all say yes, and we can do even more. Um, Then we're going to send a a funding request to other downtown businesses for $250 each. Um, This is a first step, which can be expanded in the future, in future years. Um, I know I'm gonna talk about business improvement districts in the future, but this is why you have a business improvement district so you don't have to walk around with your hat in your hand asking for money. So I think in the future, this would be something if we do a bid that the bid would take over. Any questions?
1: Uh, I'll make a comment Cass, Uh, on the first bullet, uh, we did have in this year's fiscal budget, $10,000 for supporting small merchants uh, with grants through the chamber program. Uh, we didn't use those funds by giving them to small merchants, um, and so we thought it would be great to use those funds uh, to help bring lighting to the downtown in support of all the merchants in the downtown area, And but we'd only do that if we have matching funds from uh, the businesses. So this $10,000 from the city would only come about if we have $10,000 from the businesses in a matching uh, fashion, and the city's exposure would not be beyond 10,000 and, frankly, maybe less if we get more from the businesses.
2: Yes, thank you for that clarification, Tom. Perfect.
1: Any questions from other members?
3: Fantastic job, Cass. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Cass, you think then by next meeting we'll be ready to understand our funding and ask for final approval on this. Matter. Oh, yeah,
2: that's that's definitely the goal.
1: OK, thank yep. you. Um, and
2: I need to I know Chris is on the phone. I, I, he doesn't have to answer this now, but I, I need to talk to him about how we actually uh, go about billing for this You know, through the city or the, to the, for the ten thousand dollars, frankly. So I need some clarification on that.
1: OK, we can take that offline, Cass. Yep. Um, all right. At this time, Serge, can we open up this discussion item to the public? for public comment on the street lighting proposal.
0: And Chair Riley, I am not seeing any hands raised for item four at this moment.
1: Wonderful. Thank you again, Cass, for your great work there. And Julie, I know you've been uh, very involved, thank you.
2: Yeah, she has. And I'm having trouble stopping the sharing. Oh, here, I got it. Okay, so get off your screen, there we go.
1: Oh, and Julie's gonna be very instrumental in helping get uh, the funds from the businesses. So thank you for that. All right, I'd like to move on to business item number five, which is uh, an update on business development for Monica.
3: I'll try to go quickly. We talk about uh, sales tax increase, increasing our sales tax. And this is how we do it by filling up some of these vacant spaces. So I want to run down from the south to the north. The Bridgeway Cafe vacant space is about 750 square feet. And they have hired a very aggressive and really knowledgeable retail Broker, So I'm happy to see that because I know that she will probably get that space leased. Um, At the uh, 660 Bridgeway, right below um, the Barrel House, they have signed a lease with Boba Tea, a Boba Tea operator, which is all the rage and a lot of fun for locals as well as teenagers. I mean, it's really going to be a widespread offering uh, use for downtown. Um, And I think it should should be a good operation. moving up the street to 490 Bridgeway and um, El Portal. Cultivar uh, restaurant, which is in the city, has a wine bar and a tapas uh, operation and a full service restaurant that they are planning. They've taken over both the gallery and the uh, cafe two day space, about 3,500 square feet. And they are in uh, planning for uh, getting everything approved. And I think they will be an excellent Uh, contribution to the excitement of downtown Sausalito. They, by the time they get through planning and uh, equipment ordered and things like that and get constructed, it's probably a fourth quarter opening. Um, Moving further up, there is some keen interest in 819 Bridgeway. One of the um, parties that's interested is personal service uh, operation that is coming from uh, Union Square and I think It would really be a class act if it uh, that deal was made at 819 bridgeway would serve both residents and visitors and regional so that's something to look forward to, I would say something in the next two weeks or so we'll know if that's been made. I've been keeping a close eye on the bicycle odyssey. Um, I met with the. um, Estate the family that uh, had all of the estate sale that was really a sad ending for them and it took them a while. But the space has been occupied by the Bicycle Odyssey owner for like 40 years and it's in really tough shape. It needs a lot of ADA work. It's on a lot, diff- bunch of different levels and things like that. So they're not aggressively marketing at the moment, um, but they are uh, looking at how to do some retrofit to make it uh, tenant ready. So that's a lot of the activity that's been going on. I will tell you yeah. that be- be- between on Princess, um, Princess Street, between um, the Starbucks building and the blue building. There's an easement challenge there, so neither guy can do any leasing.
1: Uh, Serge, can you mute everyone but Monica? <laughs> there we go. So the um,
3: two buildings between the old Starbucks and the um, uh, blue building, there's an easement challenge there that we were trying to work out. So they can't lease because there's not enough um, uh, space for both of them. So anyway, it's a long story. It's just what's causing a holdup of leasing there. Uh, let me think if there's anything else. I think that's mostly what I've been targeting the last month or so. So if those deals get done, there'll be a change, definitely a change in the way we're looking, and um, it'll add some sales tax and some interest for both residents and visitors and region to South Lido.
1: Excellent update, Monica. Thank you for all your efforts there, knowing all these uh, vacant properties so well. Thank um, you. Cass, you have a question?
2: Yeah, good. thanks, Monica. That's a great update. And it's so exciting to see the area is starting to get revitalized. Um, would it be possible uh, to make a table that shows, you know, once these things are occupied, what, you know, I know we estimated that there would be a certain amount of uptick in sales tax or whatever uh, from these places getting, getting uh, in- inhabited finally. So could we talk about, well, here's what we expect to see from these future uh, projects?
3: I, I would estimate because we are in May right now, by the time they get through, the Boba T, Bridgeway Cafe, Cultivar, the 819, by the time they get their leases, Cultivar's leases signed, and so is Boba T. But by the time they get through city planning and get the build out, I, I wouldn't see much uptick until maybe the fourth quarter.
2: So it'd be nice to know, you yeah, know, to, to make an estimate so we can right. you know, again quanti- quantify the efforts of EDAC.
3: Right. And I've also, um, just recently met with um, Don Hortet, who, Hortet, I don't know how to say name, the new guy, interim um, planning uh, department guy. And I've given him our list of vacancies and I've begged them to please put them on the top of the list and pay attention and not to put them below, you know, an electric vehicle station thing, you know, that these are important pieces for the city's economic development. And I think, I know Heidi's heard that. So she's been absolutely fabulous in getting things approved. She's passed that message along to Adam East and some of the others in the organization. So they've really been trying to help with a lot of this. great.
1: We'll go to Julie, please.
3: Monica, if you need
9: some of the banners, you know, that we had printed up, I do have some here. So some of the vacant places need the photos, the banners that we had to put in the windows. Right, right, right. To make them look a little better. I have some here that we used in, um, He gave me his, so we can reuse them.
3: Okay, I'll keep that in mind. Thank you.
1: Any questions from other members on the business development update? Okay, Serge, can we open up for public comment?
0: Chair Riley, I see no hands raised for item number five.
1: Um, Serge, I, there's something I, I'm going to do kind of off script. You can tell me if I'm appropriate to do this right before our meeting. We received uh, a public comment in writing. I did, um, from a gentleman named Fred Moore. I see a Fred on here. I was hoping he'd speak up, but if not, can I paraphrase his public comment for us?
0: Chair Riley, I do see a Fred in the room. I'm going to ask to unmute um, and start. A video and see if the person has any comments. And, you you'll have to unmute yourself.
15: If I, I appreciate that, um, Chair Riley, to uh, mention that comment, I have the. I, I did send us a couple comments earlier that I wanted to make mention, and I was just closing it out. So now I have to go back and. Uh, Refine what I where I put that. Um, I was um, it was a couple suggestions possibly for consideration um, as the committee goes forward with all your ideas of revitalizing the downtown and the city. And one of them was to focus doing some of your efforts on focusing on um, lost revenue from sales tax that local residents are spending outside the city because either the services or the goods in the city are not there, or some of the quality of the services and goods are subpar, um, and or they're primarily focused on a tourist rather than having a local resident purchase it. And I know there has to be a balance between the goods and services which attract tourists spending versus local spending and finding that balance. I know you guys are doing a great job of trying to find which works best for both it both classes. However, higher higher quality and more diverse services might attract not only the local residents to spend in town, but also I think tourists are interested now in spending for higher quality, whether it be clothing, shoes, decorative items, household goods, or personal care products. And then another item which um, sort of uh, you've dealt on a little bit now with some of the vacancies in the community, but there's also a lot of unused properties in the city that I think are not a drag on the city but aren't helping to contribute. So one option is whether you look at potential tax incentives which the city can offer to the local businesses or tenants that are consistent with the city's vision and tax incentives to attract businesses to relocate to the city, whether they are renting part or buying the city properties I know Mike Wagner has identified all those properties and sounds like Monica is very familiar with all the properties as well, or to have those businesses seek um, space from private landlords. And and another option that you might want to throw out considering is assessing tax penalties actually for those businesses that are underutilized. It seems like there's a lot of buildings and spaces within buildings that are not occupied and haven't been occupied for a very long time. And if you could subject that owner to a financial penalty, that might inspire them to look more closely at actively looking for a tenant or um, finding goods and services that would benefit the community. So I I appreciate allowing me to uh, bring that up. I apologize, I couldn't get it done earlier in the meeting. And uh, thank you very much.
1: Fred, uh, thank you for your ideas. Uh, You'll find us in alignment with pretty much 100% of those ideas. Um, offline, I'll introduce you to Monica. We can welcome volunteers and assistants.
3: Uh, We've already of- met. We've already met. Oh, well, wonderful. Then. <laughs> yeah. um,
1: so thank you for your ideas, Fred. Okay. Thank you very much. Um, We've got any closing comments before we move on to the next item? All right, thank you. We're gonna move on to business item number six, which is brand development update.
6: Uh, Scott. Um, I'll be quick. There's not too much to update on here. We had very productive meetings uh, the last couple of weeks with um, uh, our mayor Kelman introduced us to um, a local brand uh, uh, company um, brand consultant that may be able to work with us. Um, He and I are connecting again, uh, hopefully this week to get a little more information about costs, uh, which I'll bring back to this group. Um, So we'll, we'll take a look at um, both costs and and some of the, the recommended next steps with someone that is a, um, a local um, that loves the city as much as all of us. So uh, we'll have more to report back uh, in our next in our next call.
1: Thank you for that, Scott. Any questions for Scott? All right. At this time, I'd like to open up for public comment on business item number six, brand development update.
0: Chair Riley, there are no hands raised for item number six.
1: Okay, in closing comments, uh, one, Scott, thank you yet again for volunteering on another big project uh, and having meetings uh, outside your busy workday, helping the city. So thank you for that. We look forward to uh, the the proposal move forward. Uh, Any other comments? All right, thank you. We'll move on to business item number seven, which is Uh, pursuing a business improvement district and Cass you've been leaving the charge for us in that can you provide an update
2: yep there's not much to update right now um because I went out of town and then I got really sick (laughs) so I'm gonna (laughs) uh uh so I'm kind of getting back into it again uh but the um it's very much what I said earlier about the lighting we need to get a business improvement district established so that we don't have to go with our hats in our hand asking for money for everything we want to do To improve the business environment uh, or to improve the business tax revenue for the city of Sausalito so what i want to do is get the lighting done and use that as an example as we go forward to do the business improvement district you know say look we were able to do that and i'm pretty sure we will i think this will get funded um and so here's this is exactly what a business improvement district would do here's an example and let's move forward with a business improvement. but I should have, I'll have a lot more next meeting.
1: Okay, thank you on that. And just that will lead into our next discussion as well around budgeting because to get a business improvement district, the city's going to need to make an investment in you know, hiring a consultant and lawyers to put it all together and uh, coordinate the, the vote with the businesses um, and so we'll need to understand the, the cost, of course the benefits. Um, as we bring that forward to the city council who asks yep. us into this, any questions for Cass? Okay, now we're just speeding through this. Um, Serge, can we open up for public comment on Cass's update regarding the business improvement district?
0: Of course, um, Chair Riley, I see no hands raised for um, item number seven.
1: Wonderful. And we now, because that fast moving, we are two minutes ahead of schedule. So, <laughs> um, um, all right, I am going to lead the next discussion. Uh, I'll need the ability to share. Um, so, if you can help me with that, Serge, can I share? This looks like I can.
0: Charalee, you should have the ability to share.
1: Yes. Okay, and we go into look good for everybody? Yep. Okay, um so first off an apology. Um I realized mid this month preparing the agenda for this meeting that the city's in its financial planning and planning its next fiscal year. Uh, and I think we've been you know good stewards of using city money. Um, But we have to run a process if we're going to make requests for next year of fiscal budget, we have to do it pretty quick. Um, And I think we have a bunch of work to do between now and the next meeting to then uh, submit some requests. And I wish we had tackled this um, a meeting earlier, but uh, here's what we have. Um, A year ago in May, we actually submitted a request to City Council to support five programs totaling $325,000 summarize that in the um next slide. Um the funds that were actually so those were budgeted, but the funds are actually committed and were spent, you know, we discussed all those uh here, uh voted on them or got full alignment between the EDAC committee and uh and had staff review and the staff provided the funding. Um, there are balances left in what we had requested. Uh, and I do think we need to get a tight accounting of that finances, but I think it's important that we summarize um, the investments we made in two thousand and twenty-two, the results we got from those investments, and along with that, submit any requests for two thousand and twenty-three. So that's kind of uh, the thoughts. Um, let can advance my slides. So here were the five programs. And we have details behind each of these. We have a, a, we gave a proposal that justified each of these, right? With expected ROIs. Um, the first was the largest, which was streamline the permitting processes. And without consistent CDD leadership, um, we probably haven't implemented many of those programs. However, I will call out, you know, we've had um, uh, Heidi Scoble in and out of that program, acting as a concierge and helping move through a lot of the important business permits uh, with work that Monica's led, and we've seen great progress there. But um, that spend was a recommendation for the city to spend. Uh, we, beyond the 35 action items over three years that we sub- implemented, we, we don't have much visibility to it. We'd requested the marketing program with CDA, which is an annual budget of $75,000. Uh, we didn't start this back on July one, so we won't have spent that full 75,000 but a prorated portion. We put in place $50,000 to co-sponsor specific local events and examples are Holiday by the Bay, Wednesday Night Live, what we'd be doing around July 4th. We haven't spent that $50,000. We did invest in Visit California with the Chamber, uh, $10,000 and we got, I think some great results from that, which we can get a report out later. And then finally, we allocated $10,000 to support struggling local merchants, of which we'd like to allocate towards the lighting program if we get matching dollars from the businesses. But those were the requests. What I suggest we do, first off, before we ask for more money is we need to justify, or we need to represent the results we got from these investments. And I was hoping to ask each of you to help with kind of a results summary uh, in the next month that we can review as a group next week. So in the permitting process, and Monica, I can work on this one with you, is just sitting down and saying, how much t- staff time do we allocate to the concierge role? How many projects do we help accelerate? And maybe revisit the action plan of what are some things you want to do next year? Um, Scott and Kevin, if you can help summarize what we've accomplished from the contract start. Um, and uh, in a kind of a summary fashion of the money that we spent on the local events, Monica, you have in your mind, you know, the dollars we've allocated to the number of events, it's nowhere near $50,000, but um, I think it's been a real real kick in the pants in a positive way for our city, you know, just to get people out in the community really enjoying things. So um, if we can get the number of events and then kind of the results and estimates of attendance Julie, would love to get your feedback on the, you know, co-investment we made with Visit California. And I know you track number of brochures that were requested and engagements and potential, sorry about my typo, uh, potentially number of visitors. And then finally, um, Cass, you know, we'll go through the lighting plan and we'll uh, review that next meeting. So that's um, what I'm hoping we can develop about the money that we, We'll have spent in this fiscal year and so the next steps would be at our next EDAC meeting um, review review those results identify any remaining spending that we have like one will be the lights if we want to get that spent in the month of June before the end of the fiscal year the other thing I think we need to do is have a tighter plan and working with city staff on approving and tracking um, any budgets that are allocated to EDAC. Um, and it's like right now, I, I'm so reluctant to bother staff to mm-hmm. do work because they're so shorthanded. But um, it's also, I'd like to say, you know, exactly where, what have we spent of allocated budget? When was it spent? And we can develop ourselves or have someone to staff to work with. And then finally, uh, we'll need to submit a fiscal request for FY. 2023. And I think we need to vote on that by our next meeting if it's going to have any chance of getting it. So that's um, my summary. Um, any uh, questions on the the planning for next fiscal year and how we summarize our results from this current fiscal year? Chris.
4: Yeah, I would just add, I think it's it's very powerful is the number of volunteer hours that are spent on all of these things. Um, I think the current rate for a volunteer is like $25 an hour or something. Um, But, you know, so many of the members of this committee spent a lot of time outside of this committee um, working on these various things, adding up those hours. And then also, for instance, the holiday by the bay, um, you know, there was a lot of volunteer effort that went into that so that the city doesn't see it as just, you know, we're coming with our handout. There's a lot of, there's a lot of volunteerism that's coming into this. And if they had to hire these bodies to do it, it would have cost the city this much more. So I think it makes a great argument. Um, to see that comparison, and the number of hours, and like I said, you know, I know we do that at work here, um, and I. It was just vol- National Volunteer Week last week, so um, I think I think if everybody, you know, especially Cass and Monica and Julie, you add up the number of hours that you spend working on this that is outside of your regular job, it's it's. A, pretty significant number. So I would just add that in there in the end, because I think it would be pretty impressive for the city to know that.
1: I think that's a great point, Chris. And, and even beyond EDAC, I did analysis looking at all the committees. Uh, the city of Las has 75 community members volunteering their time on different committees and um, different events. It's it's an amazing, um, amazing investment that comes out of the community to help the city. And I think we should estimate what EDAC has done.
4: Yeah, and the city typically does a volunteer event, but it didn't do it this year. I understand, you know, they're short-staffed and everything, but that doesn't that doesn't you know mean that you can't still keep tracking your hours and present that to the city as a significant contribution that goes behind all this. So, other
1: comments or questions?
3: I want to raise.
1: <laughs> I, I like your zero dollar an hour rate, <laughs> um, a coffee once a month rate, um,
5: John. Thanks, Tom. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm really uh, sensitive to asking the city for additional funding for for anything uh, in light of uh, you know what we've recently learned about. The city's operating deficit, and hopefully, uh, the city manager can make some comments about that. And I think, um, uh, you know, we we know that staff is overworked. And I think if there's things that this committee could do to help uh, the city manager, uh, I think, you know, people would may step up to do that. Um, and, And as an example, you know, last meeting we heard from HDL, and I'm not convinced that we are getting uh, the uh, business license tax and the sales tax uh, revenue that we are due. And you know, to me, it seems like it's kind of a desk exercise, making some phone calls, and um, and, and you know, we can get some additional revenue there, but. Um, I, I just uh, just general comments about trying to help the, the city in their economic endeavors, uh, to put the city in, in better economic health. Thanks.
1: And John, uh, thank you for those, I think, wise comments. As far as you're know, asking the city for money, that's why I think it's important we go back and revisit the money that we did spend. What were the results? Um, because we wanna make sure that we're having an impact uh, that is helping the city. Um, and we should only ask for dollars that we think can have a positive impact. So I, I'm, I'm in agreement with you and I think it's gonna be harder to get any funds in the coming year than it was in the past year given the financial difficulties. So we'll have to be very, very judicious. Other questions or comments? Um, okay, I, okay, there's a the city manager. Maybe I was gonna ask uh, uh, our city manager, Mr. Chris Zapata, um, on the presentation we discussed about you know financial planning both our results from the prior year and the upcoming year your thoughts
8: yeah, first of all uh, thank you for chris for the idea that you know volunteerism is worth something it absolutely is uh, so thank you all for that um, and that's uh, on behalf of council people Uh, committee commission uh, task force members, lots of volunteer hours, lots of value. And I think the parallel um, conversation around staff limits is equally important because you need to have somebody to implement the ideas and energy of the volunteers. So I think that's a a well-known song that I've sung and continue to sing. Uh, And, you know, I think many of you have heard uh, the presentation I made to city council and the public on, Uh, where Sausalito's financial condition is. If you haven't, I'll I'll give you the the quick version of it. Uh, You gotta look back 20 years and you gotta look forward 20 years. And the bottom line is this, uh, Sausalito's uh, limitations stem from some key buckets. Uh, One is the rise in pensions. uh, And the point uh, that was made uh, in my presentation was, 20 years ago, our pensions cost us $300,000 a year, now they cost us three plus million a year in climbing. The other thing is is Sausalito invested in certain things, public safety and parks. And when you invest in public safety and parks, you build a new police station and a new fire station, which was sorely needed because of what you had. Uh, so uh, when you move them out of trailers into a brand new building and you, know, you build a new fire station as well, that's all good. And it costs you on the borrow side about $15 million. But on the repayment side, it's going to cost you about $38 million dollars. And then you add to that the spending uh, on park improvements, which are uh, essential for your quality of life. And you borrowed about seven, you're gonna pay back about nine. And so when you combine all of that debt and the schedule of that debt, and how that you know has peaks and valleys, along with the pensions, uh, it creates some strain. Uh, and as I like to tell the city council, you know, your $20 million general fund, about 5 million of that is spoken for before you even start to plan that. You combine that with the fact that when the fire district broke away and the citizens voted here to create the Marin, Southern Marin Fire District model that you have, you send 45% of your property tax dollars to that. So instead of 100% of your property tax, which is about 19 cents on the dollar you were getting, you're getting about 11, almost 12 cents a dollar. Uh, but what that has really done is now you become a little more dependent on your, um, your sales tax and and that's been in flux for a few years so so as you look at uh, the city's budget uh, all these things lumped together have created a challenge that in the near term uh, we've got to get our arms around and and you know it starts with how efficient we are as a city and some of the things we can do to kind of do things that matter like collect the property the property rental tax or the property and lease revenues that that we need to because you know that's a big part of our budget uh, it also starts with making sure that you know people are paying their fair share and you know that's something that was spoken to earlier about hdl and what they do and then we absolutely have to shrink costs and so we are trying to do that and that's why you don't see a parks and recreation director in next year's budget that i'm going to recommend that's why you don't see an assistant city manager in next year's budget that i'm going to recommend all of these things um, are really important simply because uh, in uh, times of plenty, you have staffing and you can you know, show staff appreciation through compensation. But right now we're not in that place. So we have to rely on our savings, which are one time. And as the council has saved money over the past years for pensions and post-employment benefits, they've also put money aside for emergencies. And that money totals about 37 percent of your budget right now. Uh, which is strong the council has a policy of keeping it at least 15 so the real question of the city council is how do you balance you know cuts uh, finding money you should get efficiency and one-time revenue to balance your budget over the next not year but the next three to five years and in doing so uh, you're going to have to reach into your savings account and to what extent you go uh, that's that's a question we're going to be discussing and then Following that, you're going to have to talk about revenue. And and the biggest threat to Sausalito right now is Measure O's expiration. When Measure O expires in 2024, 2025, you've collected about $15 million over 10 years. Uh, Imagine $15 million less over the next 10 years. And when that goes away, uh, the things that really matter to this group, to the residents, become even more challenging given the, uh, as I said, peaks and valleys with some of those debts that we have signed up for. Uh, So it is an interesting time in Sausalito. It is something that more people need to be aware of. And, you know, there will be more conversations at a finance committee level, at a city council level, certainly with your group, about Measure O, because that is really key to success in the future. If you let Measure O expire, things will get worse. If you look at extending and expanding Measure O, I think you're in a better place. And the business community is obviously wary of taxes, and they should be. And so I've tried to explain to everybody where your taxes come from, where they go. Not just your your property taxes, but your sales tax. And I pointed out that on a $10 hamburger, the city gets 15 cents. The county gets, I don't know, 30 cents, and the state gets 40 cents. So where is the greatest need in terms of services? It's always local but you send more money to the state and more money to the county than you keep locally. Uh, And so that's the challenge. And so when uh, folks say I pay my taxes, look at your property tax bill and understand the sales tax mix because you're sending a lot of money to Sacramento, you send a lot of money to Marin County and you're sending money to the city of Sausalito and you're sending money to the school district. But the city, uh, because it's made investments in its hard assets, police buildings, fire buildings, parks, um, because it's invested in its employee pensions is a little bit strapped. And so um, I don't know that that should be a a big surprise to a lot of people, but when you jumble it or you separate it, it's harder to understand. But when you put it all together, I think you start to really look and say on a general fund of $20 million, you're looking at four to $6 million out the door before you even start. And so city managers can fix million dollar problems Pretty much every year, uh, but when they're two, three, and four million dollars, uh, that's a little different uh, animal to attack. So, um, any questions on the city's um, need for you know revenue and what it's doing to try to do its part so that it's not a problem? I'm happy to answer this group, especially this group.
1: Chris on the phone, and John's coming too. I or we would welcome a conversation on how EDEC can help you and help the staff. You know. Um, it's just, we know you're short handed. We tried to, all our efforts try not to impact staff, but uh, we, we're not proactive enough in asking where we can also help. So
8: uh, do let us know. Yeah, no, and then that was direction on Saturday. The council gave me direction to look at all of our non-required boards, committees, commissions, task forces, et cetera. And I put a report together, it's online. Uh, You should probably pull it and read it. And essentially you have uh, commissions that are mandated by state law. You have commissions that are uh, part of your um, municipal code. And then you have a bunch of working committees and commissions that are structured exactly like a city council meeting. This one, for example, where you have, you know, uh, city staff involved, you have public participation and all of that is great and good. But when you multiply that by other commissions and committees and their surge <laughs> and there's me. Uh, it gets a little bit of. Uh, it gets to be a little challenging. So what we're going to do is write a memo. Uh, on, I'm going to write a memo with the input I got from the council on, on Saturday, and send it to all the board and commissions that aren't legally required or part of our municipal code, and ask them how they think they can streamline what they think they need to do, and how they can lessen the burden on city staff and become uh, setups where they're not. Uh, we're not required to be at every meeting but you still feel like you have a voice uh, in city hall and with the city council. And, and I can tell you, there are a lot of voices in Sausalito and they're structured differently and they all get heard. Uh, even if they are not a board commissioner committee and, and the examples that you've talked about the historical society earlier, there's obviously Sausalito Beautiful. There are a lot of ways to get the ear of the electors and city staff without having a full-on mini city council, which is what some of these have turned into.
1: Thank you, city managers, but I fully agree. I mean, it's, it's kind of burdensome how we have to work through this. Uh, and I know the area up front, the amount of time that Serge puts into just supporting this. I can't imagine how many others. So you'll find us uh, getting creative on how to streamline and uh,
8: support your efforts. Lovely. And just so you know, you know we would love to have um, more staff. But I think what I said earlier points out to the fact that uh, that's probably not in the, in the cards right now. So we have to look at how we winnow down some of the uh, groups and committees that take up staff time. Otherwise, uh, we're spending all our time in meetings and we can't really do the work done. And when you do the both of them, you burn people out. And, and that's not conducive to a good organizational culture that it, it sends people to stay in Sausalito. So you got good people here. Uh, and I can honestly tell you, they're working through their lunch hours. Uh, they are absolutely uh, doing all the things that they need to do. And it's still not enough. And your efforts supplement that. So let me just say and conclude by saying, this is in no way intended to be, um, you know, volunteerism is an issue. It's We just need to get our structure in order so that we can accommodate uh, the priorities and the wishes of the city council, the community, and some of these commissions. Otherwise, uh, too many priorities are no priorities. And we're not getting stuff done.
1: Okay. So any other questions uh, from the community members before we move to public comment. All right, at this time, Serge, we take public comment on a business item eight uh, regarding financial spend and request.
0: Chair Riley, I see no hands raised at the moment for that item.
1: Wonderful, thank you. Um, we're gonna move to our final business item for the day Uh, And this is our Economic Development Advisory Committee Community Impact Award. Uh, And we have not awarded one of these in a while. So um, there have been two nominations submitted. So I will ask the first submission was from Monica Finnegan. So Monica, maybe you can summarize your submission. And then uh, John has also submitted one. And then after those two, we can see if anyone else wants to nominate someone.
3: Okay. We initiated this early on because we found that we were getting help from a lot of the community and we really wanted to reach out and acknowledge that. And so our tagline for uh, the Economic uh, Development Advisory Committee Community Impact Award is, in recognition of a Sausalito merchant, a citizen, individual, or business that performs a service, provides an idea, or promotes an attitude that supports the improvement and vitality of our community. So that's the basis for which we have established individuals that we feel we should be recognized. And I, I think we're way late in acknowledging Heidi Scobel for all of the work that she has done, um, not just with me, but for the entire community. And I wrote something up. I don't have Don Daglo here to help edit it, but uh, it says something like this, during the 2020 and 2022 coronavirus pandemic challenges and continuing on with numerous other city planning initiatives, Heidi Skobu diligently with deep knowledge and exceptional customer support, assisted the community, residents and businesses and EDAC efforts in improving and executing on complicated and important community development permitting and planning projects. She has done a tremendous service to our community, has exhibited excellent commitment to her city council, staff members and deserves our heartfelt thanks. So that's my nomination for Heidi.
1: Thank you for that thoughtful nomination, Monica. Uh, John, you uh, also would like to
5: nominate someone. Sure. Um, First of all, I'd like to say that I certainly support Monica's uh, nomination of Heidi. And hopefully uh, Tom, there's more than one of these uh, that can be given away uh, these awards. Um, so my um, uh, nomination is for Mike Linder. I, had, I wrote a few paragraphs up. I will uh, just read them quickly. I'd like to nominate Mike Linder, owner of Bowside, uh, Bayside Boatworks for the Community Impact Award. Mike has been at Bayside Boatworks for 34 years. He has a history of community service. Mike served on the WAM committee. He's been called in on numerous city and community projects, including the Van Dam Ferry Wheel project that was pulled out of the mud, saving it from being demolished. The community is raising money to make that part of a display at the north end of town in the Gates Community Park. Mike has also hauled out and maintained many of the local charter boats, including Matthew Turner, Free to Be and many others. Mike hauls out and, and services most of the larger yachts in Sausalito, on his large ways and hundreds of smaller yachts in the smaller ways. Uh, he, he hauled out, uh, his haul out process is ideal for uh, classic wooden boats in that it does the least damage for wooden boats that can't be hauled out with a traditional uh, travel list. And it's a reason why we see many beautiful wooden boats around town. He's hauled out and serviced the red and white ferries, Angel Island ferries, Alcatraz ferries, even converting the Alcatraz Hornblower Hybrid to diesel electric. He has a multi-year contract to haul out and service the San Francisco fireboats, which are good friends to have in an emergency like an earthquake. He has served at Sausalito and San Francisco police boats and Army Corps boats. Last year, Mike agreed to accommodate a city maintenance worker who was a legal liveaboard into his tight schedule to do some urgent repair work on this man's boat at very little cost. Uh, Mike is considered to be the hardest working person on the waterfront. He's proven to be a valued member of Saucito community for decades, and this award would recognize the contribution he's made to our community. That's it. Thank you.
1: John, thank you. Did you have Don Daglow's help writing that?
5: No, <laughs> I actually did that about 15 minutes before our meeting. But I know Mike pretty well, so it was easy.
1: Thank you. That was very, very thoughtful. Any um, Does anyone else have a nominee that they like to bring forward? Does anyone have questions for either Monica or John on the folks that they nominated? Does anyone feel comfortable awarding one of these in post haste for the last quarter that we missed and one for the current quarter?
3: I agree. Great idea. Yeah.
1: Or the easy way out. Yeah. (laughs) But we, we, we did miss last quarter. And um, and I do think, uh, what call me about Mike Linder in, in your write-up job when I saw it earlier, I mean, a lot of it is his current course of business, what he does. Um, but recognizing what he does for the city, for that city maintenance worker, for what he does for the fire and the police, uh, which is protecting all of us, um, is what stands out in that nomination, right? Above and beyond the call of duty. and. And I also share on Heidi, Uh, we all interact with Heidi more than we do with Mike, but um, Heidi steps beyond and above her job so many times and so consistently with such a positive attitude and uh, really delivers a customer service that uh, I think sets the bar for the city. So those are my comments on on these two. Uh, Any other comments or thoughts before we're going to have to make a motion?
2: I think they both sound like great candidates. The only
3: I, the thing I would also um, articulate, I think the last um, EDAC Community uh, Impact Award was for Julie, which was months ago. So I don't think we're, I think we could ha- have four awards. We're so far behind or we haven't, you, you know, Do you want me to look up the date? No, that's okay. I'm just, oh, okay. I'm just saying that I can look over there. Yeah. No, I met Julie Myers. It's been a while. It was last year. It was you last year, and then Julie Myers, like, yeah, several months ago. So, yeah. yeah.
1: So, um, with that, I'd like to make a motion that um, we recognize Heidi Scoble and we recognize Mike Linder with the Economic Development Advisory Committee's Community Impact Awards for having an impact on our community above and beyond uh, what would be expected some of the normal operations. So that's my motion, is there a second?
5: Second. All
1: right, Serge, can you help us with a roll call
0: please? Sure, John DeRay?
5: Uh, yes, approve.
0: Uh, Rachel Stodd?
10: Yes, approve.
0: Scott Thornburg? <laughs> Chris Gallagher? Yes. Monica Finnegan? Yes. Teresa Ancona? Yep. Uh, Vice Chair Cass Green? Yes. And Chair Riley, Yes. Motion passes. Well,
1: as an action item, um, I suggest we invite both Heidi and Mike to our next meeting so that we can thank them and award them in person. Uh, and we'll communicate to them prior to that as well, so they don't hear it through the rumor mill. Um, mm-hmm. Everyone agree with that?
3: Yes, that's great.
1: Wonderful. Okay, item, uh, business item number nine. Uh, can we open up for uh, public comment, please, Serge? Uh,
0: Chair Riley, I see no hands raised at the moment for that item.
1: Great, thank you. Um, we're going to go through our staff and liaison updates. Um, Chair the-
0: Riley, I. My apologies for interruption. Um, Sandra Bushmaker just rose her hand. Sandra, thank you for joining us. Please go ahead.
7: I just wanna say both of those nominees deserve the award. So <laughs> I'm, I'm pleased to see that you're doing that. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Sandra. <laughs> By Sandra and her little dog. Um,
6: <laughs>
1: okay, we're gonna move on to uh, item number five. Um, And this is uh, I'll start with staff updates Chris you gave us an update earlier I don't know if you have anything else to say if you do this is uh, your opportunity to hold the floor.
8: Uh, No uh, chair and Commission but you know, thank you for recognizing Heidi Uh, that's that's really important.
1: All right, thank you. Um, Our Council members uh, Council member Hoffman, do you have any updates for us or requests? Actually, Jill just. Hey.
3: Oh. oh sorry, yeah, I'm on hold oh, with my other call, so um, no, I don't have any updates, but thanks. Good meeting.
1: Thank you, Councilmember Sobieski.
16: I was gonna say that Jill just texted me to say she had to jump on another meeting. She was um, eager to make some comments, but that Chris actually summarized a lot of what we were going to share. The City Council had an all-day meeting on Saturday, or several-hour meeting on Saturday, uh, on some of the subjects that Chris Chris highlighted concerning the budget. Uh, and one thing he uh, didn't say, but I will say, is that he's uh, taken a pay cut himself and for um, mm-hmm. going a bonus. So he's leading by example, uh, and uh, that should be recognized and appreciated because he's working tremendously hard himself. When he says that city employees are working through their lunch hour, that means him too. And um, and I get messages from him all weekend. So he is working harder for less money, doing more with less and deserves our appreciation and thanks. Uh, And uh, so he's highlighting this measure O issue that obviously since it's a sales tax, has has a direct effect on economics for the good in terms of raising money for the city, but also impacting our businesses. So um, that's something we wanna have a open and constructive dialogue with all the businesses that are affected. Um, And uh, as EDAC, I think you all are in a great position to um, initiate that dialogue and be able to channel feedback to um, Chris and the City Council uh, concerning that in the community as well and I thought John DeRay's comments on BLT and ensuring that it's in, that we have a mechanism for applying it is another place where, where if you can think of creative ways that we can do that in the, in the city currently it's largely self-reported and, and self-regulating uh, and it's administered by HDL, but I've got to emphasize, you all saw the presentation that they don't really do anything like enforcement. They, they simply administer a process. So it is quite likely that we're leaving a lot of money on the table there. On Saturday, also, the mayor highlighted uh, a, a um, desire and had consensus from everyone to ensure that we do parking well here in the city, not just to make the parking availability good, but that there's every expectation that the city's leaving a lot of money on the table there as well. But of course, um, we need to be cognizant of uh, residents and uh, and visitors when we think about how to structure our parking to ensure that the city's getting its fair share of parking revenue. Um, but we just note the large difference in pricing between the private lots in town and the public lots and also the lack of variable dynamic pricing or anything like demand pricing there. So that's another area that it would be great to get um, feedback from EDAC and its members on uh, as we consider it. Some of these topics will come up at Finance Committee in the next Finance Committee meeting. The topic of additional revenue sources like Measure O and others will be on the agenda. And uh, so any ideas you all have um, in that regard on what's been discussed, it would be great if you could channel it to the Finance Committee um, or to City Council in general. and then Chris highlighted this notion of a attempt to migrate our Brown Act committees to um, something that's less intensive on staff, and so uh, he'll be writing a memo on that uh, for you all to consider in the coming weeks. Thanks so much.
1: Thank you, Councilmember Sobieski. And that last item, um, we we strive to have low impact on the city, um, but if, if we we will look at ways we can streamline our operations. Uh, whatever structure that is, so we'll look forward to the city manager's memo. Whenever you say Measure O, I think in my mind Measure O oh my. It's good. <laughs> so um,
16: uh, I'm sorry, Julie. Really, it can't wrote. be emphasized enough, uh, Chair Riley. Something I learned that I was surprised by. I, as a resident, always just assumed that the sales tax went to the city. That's where it's collected. Yeah. But it's worth saying on the record again that you know the eight eight and a half percent, one and one point five percent of the eight and a half goes to the city. All the rest goes to someone else. And the other shocker for me was our property tax. That of every dollar property tax, eleven cents goes to the city. Everything else goes to someone else. So it's worth sort of sending that message out into the community because Measure O took it might have sounded like a half cent sales tax increase, but it was actually a thirty at fifty percent. Fifty percent increase in sales tax to the city, So a dramatic effect, and not to be underestimated.
1: Yes, I see we have a few hands up, but maybe we'll get um, the chambers update, and then we'll have uh, comments from the members, okay. and we'll go to public.
9: Okay, I'll make I'll make mine quick. Um, I just wanted to remind everybody that on May twelfth we have our um, parking lot one and ferry landing discussion at Angelinos at 9.30 in the morning. And then on May 26th will be the uh, mixer, which is being hosted by the Free to Be. So it will be on the dock um, at Free to Be. And then uh, as you all know, we do the visitor map each year. Last year, we printed 125,000 of them And I um, took an inventory before our last board meeting and realized how many we have given out this year. So um, we're hoping we'll make it through until the next printing, but it just shows how many visitors and how much everything has increased within Sausalito and how many maps we're giving out. So, I am thinking that we have maybe about 30,000 left out of that 125,000. So, that is, I think Kevin Carroll might still be on here. Kevin has gone around in San Francisco for us as he makes, as he takes um, people in his taxi, and he has delivered to all the bike companies in Sausalito, our Sausalito Maps for us um i just delivered several to a hotel just north of here we're getting a lot of requests for cases i mean cases which includes 250 maps per case from different hotels and stuff so we are definitely uh, wrapping up so we're going to start on our 2022-23 20, map this next month so um because I think we're gonna to have to start implementing them and using them uh, before, uh, much sooner this year. So that's my short report.
1: Thank you, Julie. At this time, we'll open up to uh, questions from committee members for our liaisons.
16: Monica.
3: Um, Ian, when's the next Finance Committee meeting?
16: It'll be scheduled in the next few weeks, but it's not been set yet.
3: Okay, and then I have one other question. Where does Sausalito stand in our sales tax compared to the rest of the county, percentage-wise?
16: I don't know, but one other, I don't know is the answer. I believe, I'll, I'll quote our city manager. He said, we're not the lowest, we're not the highest, we're somewhere in the middle, but okay. I, don't, I don't know the numbers. And one other important thing to know about the sales tax is it's capped by state law, but different overlapping jurisdictions can layer on their sales tax. So. We could, for instance, locally vote to restrict our sales tax and someone else, the county, the state could increase the sales tax up to that cap. Mm. So in other words, we could lose our ability to, by not asking, by not pulling sales tax in, we could potentially just be giving it away to someone else.
1: Mm. And HDL had presented last month what that cap was for us. And there was additional taxes we could ask for. I just don't have that number in front of me. Yeah, there's
9: room. I think it was, I think we had a half a percent that we could... I think it was a half a percent, if I remember right. Yeah,
1: on, on top of the Measure O that we currently have. Right.
9: No, right. when we lose Measure O, we had up to a half a percent. I think is what.
3: Mm. Yeah. Because there was a reduction in a percentage of the sales tax, right, from the county. county that somebody? was a county. That was a county yeah. sales tax measure that so,
9: arrested April one.
3: So we're kind of used to oh, paying city managers kind of, here. He yeah.
9: yeah. Chris, yeah. Can answer this.
3: Well, I was just going to say we're kind of used to paying that. Extra percent. Yeah. So yeah. maybe we could put it back in anyway.
8: Yeah.
1: Chris, please.
8: Yeah. Uh, correct. So, so yes, there was a, a reduction because one of the taxes that was countywide sunset is, so you went down eight and a half percent and I believe the county or the state cap is 10 and So there's a 2% window there is my understanding, but I'll confirm that. So you could theoretically put your tax up, you know, another, 2%, and then that would, you know, effectually put your sales tax at 3% and squeeze out everyone else from doing anything in the future. So uh, just a little strategy thought to think about, but uh, you're not near the ceiling. Uh, and let me just check that constitutional cap of 10 and a half.
1: Thank you, Chris. Monica, do you have other?
3: No, sorry, that's it.
1: Um, John.
5: Tom, I had something on item 5C. Is is this the time for that? Yes. Okay. Um, I wanted to mention that uh, a couple of weekends ago, I went to the Svensson's Marine and Industrial Supply Show to talk to people about um, some of the businesses that were there uh, about their appetite for coming into Sausteto. And there was some openness there uh, depending on the lease rate, which is always a question. So I've been talking to Malcolm about uh, ways that we could, um, uh, you know, structure some kind of a program to potentially bring some of these marine businesses and in, in industrial businesses as well, uh, and maybe artists as well. Um, but, um, you know, often it becomes an issue with the tax, I'm sorry, with the lease rates. Um, and, but we're working through some ideas, maybe create a database that match open spaces with, uh, with folks who want to come in. To the area. Um, The other thing I want to mention, it's unfortunately that Malcolm can't be here, but uh, it's, I guess, expected. He told me that the day after opening bay, when he got to his office, um, he had 30 phone calls from boats that needed service, and he had to tell them that they have to be behind the 15 that he's already arranged. So there's this huge backlog of people who want services. And if you don't know, not only is Malcolm a yacht broker, but Malcolm is the go-to person when you need work done on your boat, he is in touch with all these little craftsmen that operate out of the shipping containers or wherever. He's the one who can, can really connect these boat owners with the services. So he's got a, a, you know, a huge backlog. Um, and uh, I just thought it was interesting to, sh- I wanted to share that with you folks. That's all. Thank you.
2: Thank
1: you, John. Okay.
2: Um, Ian, are you suggesting or would you like for EDAC to formally have an opinion on Measure O or the continuation of Measure O?
16: Well, I think everybody has to have an opinion. i It's not up to me. I think I'm going to a little bit defer to Chris about that. Um, I know that it's a topic that will be in front of the Finance Committee and then in front of City Council. So I uh, feel like we're all connected in the community. I'll, yeah, and that we should try to so get as much feedback as we can about the pros and the cons. I mean, the basic trade-off is: do you want to give up uh, the twelve, the, the that amount of money out of the city budget to have a, a sales tax decrease, or do we want to extend or expand uh, the sales tax? Um, so uh, it could be another quarter point, another half point, whatever the number is, and. I don't know, I don't wanna take responsibility for making a formal request from EDAC unless Chris wants to step in, but um, we of course want the feedback. You know, as you increase taxes, it can, some people could regard that as a very negative for business. And um, uh, you know, to looking to John DeRay here a little bit, is, is Malcolm gonna say that if there's an extra percent on sales tax that we actually lose revenue because more, uh, more yachts get bought in Oakland instead of, in Alameda instead of bought here? Or would Malcolm say, you know, it doesn't matter. Actually, they charge more over there, so it's not a problem. But that kind of high-level feedback matters. You know, does it matter? Would it decrease sales in town in some way? Um, so we want to be respectful by asking for the feedback uh, instead of just imposing it. Uh, it should be all part of the dialogue because it'll come up. It needs it needs voter approval, and so we need to um, have thoughtful engagement with the question about whether. Eight and a half versus nine and a half makes a difference, or nine makes a real difference to merchants and businesses versus the benefit. Also, cognizant of the possibility that others could layer on the taxes without our consent. Um, Do we want the city to get that money? So,
2: So, Tom, I guess I would turn to you and say, is this an agenda item, or not just an agenda item, but something that we should? formulate an opinion on?
1: Well, I have a, uh, just before I answer that, uh, customer Sobieski, uh, will this ultimately be
16: going to the voters? It has to go to the voters, that's right. To to
1: the- yeah, so mm-hmm. I, I do, I mean, EDAC could weigh in, but ultimately it's, you know, the voters. Um, I, I certainly hope this goes on the ballot and I certainly hope one to vote for it. I don't know if EDAC endorsing helps the vote. Mm-hmm. Or, or so, uh, saying no helps the vote, right? I, I,
16: yeah. I don't know. But I'd say so, more than that, it's like so much gets, in, or the perception is so much gets imposed on people, mm-hmm. even when there's a lot of consideration. The more, the earlier that there's dialogue about it, the better, uh, and that would be the real goal is just, I mean, looking at Julie a little bit just because she's the chamber, but we all are connected to different businesses. So it's sort of like, hey, here's the layout, you know, here's the, the cap, here's the, what's gonna happen. Uh, you know, we could say no, we could say yes, you could increase it some more. It benefits the city in this way. It has this cost just so that people don't feel like, oh, it's just yet another tax being rammed down our throat. Um, it's all
9: about education, education, education. Yeah. And we start now with the education yeah. because the sooner you start with the education, the more people are going to, oh, okay, well, you know, it. it this is what it's going to benefit. It's going to help our roads, it's going to help our police, it's going to help our fire, it's going to help. you know, you list, it's, it's all about education. If you start educating them now, but we can't start educating until the city council makes a decision whether it's going to go on the ballot or not.
16: Yeah. And well, to that and respect, yeah. Julie, if I could just say, we, we also need some just feedback. So what I was saying is- Yeah. spotted throughout to two, like the cap's 10 and a half. I don't think anyone's proposing that per se, but just what's the number that we should put on the ballot? Uh, an extension, or as he said, an expansion? And if so, what's the expansion? Um, what's the sensitivity? So getting some feedback would be helpful for city council. Otherwise, it won't feel like a dialogue. It'll feel like a an ultimatum or a one-way decision. So the the decision about the ballot has to be done bef- before the middle of July.
1: So, so Council Member uh, Sobieski, may, may I ask if maybe you huddle with Council Member Hoffman and before we set our agenda for our next meeting, uh, Determine if you'd like EDAC to have a public discussion on this and form an opinion uh, that we can deliver to city council in your deliberation. And the chamber
3: can do the
7: same. Yes.
5: We, we may want to check with the city attorney as to whether or not EDAC can take a position on this.
7: That's
1: good, a good question, John. So good, a good, good Good question. So, C- Council can you,
16: uh, Sobieski, can you- I take it on. Thanks, sure. That would be great. And I'll, I'll reach out to Julie and see how we can coordinate on this as well. Okay,
1: Julie, do you have a question or a comment? Okay. Um, at this time on um, item number five, uh, Serge, I'd like to open up for public comment on the liaison updates.
0: And Chair Riley looks like we do have a public commenter. It's uh, Peter Van Meter. Peter, you've been unmuted. Welcome,
14: Peter. Thank you. Know, thank you. Um, Measure O, big factor in its original passage was that it would have relatively little impact on residents, the voters, and made it pass because most of the sales tax is paid by visitors, at least in the retail district. Now, How that affects the uh, industrial sales tax, that's a little bit different matter, but that was a key factor in the original campaign. And it seems to me that one of the inputs that the EDAC and Chamber working together can do is to survey the local merchants and to see what their opinion is on this. It was already mentioned in your discussion a moment ago, but you know how much sales tax increase, let's say, over the current rate uh, due to Measure O could be tolerated without impacting their business. And that could be an important input that we could give to the council in uh, helping them formulate their uh, position. But that, of course, that survey would have to be done pretty darn quick. Uh, in order to get that input to them. But just a thought, thank you.
0: Thank you, Peter, that was wonderful. And Chair I see no other hands raised.
1: Okay, we'll come back to the committee to see if there's any closing comments before we move on. All right, thank you to our liaisons for those uh, wonderful updates and uh, great conversation. Uh, we appreciate it very much. Uh, so we're on to... Um, Item six, future agenda items. Our next meeting is June 6th. Uh, it's supposed to be from three to five, but it seems like we go three to 515-ish in our meetings. I apologize for going 15 minutes over yet again. Um, but uh, on June 6th, um, if you have any recommendations beyond what we discuss here for an agenda item, um, you can bring it up now or you can send me an email. And in about a week and a half, i send a rough draft with cast's input um, to our liaisons to get their input before we publish it
9: tom i think that measure o should probably be on the next agenda just to continue the discussion to see what we've found out and then i think that should be
5: on there
1: what i hope uh, is um ian and jill can give us a little more direction on what they would like us to discuss and come back with right because you heard from Peter a great idea about doing a survey or do you want a recommendation or opinion so once we get clarity uh but I pretty much expect we'll have something on the agenda uh city manager Zapata Uh,
8: the point made about checking with the city attorney on advocacy and when and how that happens if it can happen that's that's right uh you know as a, a official arm of the city there are restrictions on how you do these things with um sales tax measures you you can't advocate for or against, you got to educate and how you educate is really uh, a legal thing. So that's a good take. And then as we get our report together for the uh, finance committee, I think that will be informative for the EDAC folks. So you can, you know, take that report and use it, you know, for your purposes or whatever feedback comes from that meeting. So uh, we're looking to schedule that meeting sometime next week.
1: Thank you, Chris. All right. Um, at this time, well, we gotta open up for public comment on any
6: future agenda oh. items. Oh, I'm sorry. Tom, um, actually I had that a one, yeah, just one more agenda item for next time, which is um, the uh, in the HDL report, not only were we also looking at sales tax and these other things, but we are also looking at um, a couple of significant businesses locally that contribute a fair amount of revenue to the city, such as Serena and Lily. Um, there were others named and there were others uh, kind of outlined in in their in the report, but I do think it's worth uh, a conversation about how we as EDAC, how the city um, can support these businesses and partner with them, help them, uh, you know, help to keep them in Sausalito and to keep them happy and contributing um, those revenues that they are contributing into the city. Um, we're part of our part of our job as EDAC is to maybe recruit more businesses into the city. But I think another piece of this is also to keep our current businesses that are contributing such a substantial amount of revenue really happy. Um, So just something else that we may wanna consider um, as the other side of that coin.
1: I think that's uh, brilliant. So I I captured that to have a discussion in our next meeting. Serge, at this time, can we open up to public comment on item number six, future agenda items?
0: And Chair Riley, I see no hands raised for item number six. Okay,
1: thank you. On item number seven, uh, is everyone comfortable with June 6th from 3 to 5 p.m.? Thank you. We'll get that on the calendar. I look forward to seeing you all in front of a mariachi band with maybe some margaritas on Wednesday night. Um, happy Cinco de Mayo celebrated on Cuatro de Mayo.
6: Our meetings adjourned. Thank you.
3: Thank you.